Hello everybody, and welcome back to Bigger on the Inside, the new Who, Doctor Who podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it, Harry? Yeah, it has. Um, I can't but notice that you, uh, this time, said new Who, Doctor Who podcast. Are we focusing just on Doctor Who content this week? Well, pretty much so, and also because I forgot what the old intro was. What was it? Hello everybody, welcome back to Bigger on the Inside, the, the, the podcast on the internet that... Um, is here periodically. I didn't know you had a thing. I don't know. We do it very sporadically now. Yes. I remember, remember back in the day when we like had like a weekly uploads and <laughs> a little video as well. Yeah. And it was on YouTube and like we had like we, we had like a dedicated following. I mean, maybe we still do. Maybe we still do. I don't know. I don't look at the Spotify numbers. No. Well, should we? Because we've had a chat about what this podcast is. What's happened with the podcast? Because for those who don't know, it's maybe been uh, two, nearly three weeks since we uh, uploaded a new podcast. Um, why? Because we're both quite busy people, I think. Yeah, relatively. Relatively, you've been, you've more or less. Been... I mean, I can't speak about you. <laughs> you've just been away. I've, uh, I'm slowly wrapping up university work, getting actual Oh, do you jobs. still have assignments and stuff to finish? Yeah, so because I spent so long on on my film, I had to yeah um, get extensions yeah. on everything else. So unfortunately, I don't graduate till January. Right, but, I um, see. No I biggie. see. Yeah, how's the film going? Or is it that, like very much kind of putting a pin in that until the final version until you finish every other assignment? Yeah, that's the correct answer. Fairs, fairs. <laughs> um, so yeah, the podcast now we're hoping to do an hour every two weeks because I think we were both mm. struggling to get so to get excited about Doctor Who news every week because a lot of it is just speculation yeah. at the moment yeah news David Tennant and Catherine Tate are filming on location that's it yeah what, what, that's I don't pretty know much what, what, what we can say about that really there, there isn't anything just yes correct that's <laughs> happening yeah. ooh it looks like it looks like they're running about. Maybe, maybe they have something to do. What could it be? Yeah. Like, there's nothing to say. The first time, the first time, it's exciting because it's like, why is he in a new suit? Who's Neil Patrick Harris playing? But after a couple of weeks of that, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, they're still doing it. That's that's good for them. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, I don't really. There's some point where I don't want to see anymore because. Mm. If I see, like, all location shooting, like, intimately from fruit through leaked behind-the-scenes footage, nothing's going to be a surprise, or, like, only a handful of it will be a surprise when I see it on TV, and it'll feel like more putting the puzzle together yeah. rather than watching an episode of Doctor Who, which I'd rather have. And, you know, we don't really need um, to get these peers at camera footage from phones now because... Uh, Doctor Who Confidential is coming back. Whoa! Wow, that was that a great transition. <laughs> yeah. Although it's not called uh, going to be called Doctor Who Confidential, it will be called Doctor Who Unleashed. But for all intents and purposes, it sounds like it is essentially exactly the same as what Confidential was. Which is fantastic news. Now I must say that I heard. I'm just sorry. I'm just putting my laptop in to charge. So give me a second. I heard about this news. Maybe two months ago, through that Doctor Who page on Facebook, which we're always sort of apprehensive about, and they even said it was going to be called yeah. Doctor Who Unleashed. 
Um, mm. So it's good to see some of that paying off. Do we have any more details on it, Harry? Um, we know that it will uh, show behind the scenes with the new Doctor, Shuti Gatwa. We don't know. I don't think we know. Oh, yes. Yes, we do know. Um, <laughs> it will be a BBC3 Doctor Who spin-off series, uh, giving fans a sneak peek at the filming process, beginning with a special um, companioning the 60th anniversary special. Now, I've got to say, I'm very excited about the 60, uh, about Confidential returning, because yeah. without that show, I don't think I would be at all interested in TV and film production. I used to sometimes get more excited about Confidential. If it was a bad episode of Doctor Who when I was a kid, I at least knew Confidential was going to be good afterwards. There's no such thing as a bad episode of Doctor Who, Tim. What are you talking about? 42. Forty's all right. That's awful, Harry. <laughs> it really spoke to me um, as a hot on man. Monday and Tuesday last week. How did you? Uh, yeah, as, as, a, as a very warm man on Monday and Tuesday, it was a very resonant episode. How did you? Uh, how did you cope in the heatwave? Was you at work? Um, on Monday I was at work, but it's okay because we had aircon at work. So actually, I didn't really feel it. Um, I was indoors between 11 and 3, which is when it was the hottest, yeah. uh, so I survived. Um, Tuesday was a bit more difficult because I was travelling by train, <laughs> which was like the one thing we were told not to do. Honestly, we got an earlier train than planned. It was well air-conditioned. Because of the heat, we didn't need to like change our tickets or buy new tickets. They were just letting people get on earlier trains. Where'd you go, Harry? Um, I went to Liverpool. And who lives in Liverpool? Who lived? Who lived in Liverpool, Harry? Who lived? Uh, oh yes, Ringo Starr. Now do you, John Bishop? Like, oh, but he's got a much thicker link Liverpool accent. I was I hoping. I was it. hoping you were just going to do your Ringo Starr again. To be honest with you. Oh, oh sorry. Hello, I'm John Bishop. Yep. Star of BBC's Doctor Who. I actually did see the uh, Liverpool Museum from the outside. It's right across from the Albert Dock. We didn't visit it, but we saw it. Did you stand in the window and do also, a speech about how great Liverpool is? No, I didn't. Um, did you go, I didn't, oh, that's I must... from Doctor Who? I didn't say that because I think I would have been a bit lame. <laughs> <laughs> If I just pointed out all the Doctor Who... That, that being said, me and my girlfriend, we did consider going to Doctor Who Worlds of Wonder, which was uh, at a different Liverpool museum. We did not end up going because it was 16 quid on the door and it was moly. like our final day there. Yeah. 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 I mean, actually, I think it's free admission for kids, but adult admission is 16 quid on the door, 14 quid if you book. And for us, we were kind of... On our final day, and we've been eating out a fair bit, so you're like, maybe we should start trying to save our pennies just a tiny bit. Yeah. Because you said you might go, and yeah. I said, the only content I want is, I just want you some very vague voiceover from you walking around describing what you could see. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, is Cassandra part of the exhibition? Because if she was, we'd have filmed that, be like, look, it's lasagna. Yeah. But th that's all I... That's all I was going to planning on filming and sending to you. And that's only if Cassandra was part of it. It's moving to Edinburgh next. Yes, I've seen Edinburgh, yeah. yeah cool. I think it's, yeah. I don't know how much, I think it's early August that it ends in Liverpool. 
So I, I can't give a review of it because um, I didn't see it. Not, not but hey, it had a weeping angel at the door. Oh, did they? That's good. I don't think. Yeah, there's a weeping angel at the door. Uh, that was cool. That's as far as we saw. Has he got like a little peak cap on checking your tickets? What? Does he does he check your tickets? Oh, under the angel. <laughs> uh, no, it was in glass. Which you know, I guess that protects you from being time travelled if it's covered in glass. Good point. Can't, can't they just put an angel? Glass. Why, why can't they just do that? Dot two. Why can't they just put? Just put the angel in a tube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like angels could probably break through tubes. I must be honest. Just put it, put it in a skip and turn the skip upside down. <laughs> oh, Harry. Just like what? trapping like a spider in a glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What what other Doctor Who news do we have, Harry? Uh, we have uh some a uh, little bit of big finish news, uh, which we've not had for a while. We don't normally talk about it, um, uh, but it is that um the uh, they are making a uh, new um audio series called Rani Takes on the World, which from is this a version of the Rani from... Or is it Rani? Is it Rani, Rani or Rani? Rani? The Rani. Is this a version of Rani from Sarah Jane Adventures? Because yes. you titled the link with Sarah Jane Adventures Return. But it's about um, Anj Mahindra returning as the Rani. As Rani. Was she the Rani in... Was she Rani in... Um... Sarah Jane Adventures, or yeah, did you just mistitle this? I can see that you're grasping at straws. She played Rani in the Sarah Jane Adventures, the character. Okay. A, a young girl okay, called cool. Rani, and then recently reprised that role as well in Doctor Who Redacted on BBC Sounds. Oh, yeah, you liked Redacted, didn't you? I never finished it, but I was enjoying it. Oh, oh I must correct myself. Um, I was reading the Twitter handle. Her full name is Anjali Mahindra. Oh, there you go. There we go. I mean, I've not watched Sojourn Adventures, so I don't know who she is. But there's lots of people in the comments very excited, so that's nice. I mean, it's good. It's good that that sort of world's being expanded on, I guess. I know our friend Harrison constantly goes on about how he thinks they're the best Doctor Who companions ever. Um, you want in Adventures? Yeah, and I feel like a couple Or the of Rani, specifically. Yeah, Rani. I know he really likes Rani. Is it Rani or the Rani? So there's a character called the Rani, who is a evil Doctor Who villain, and then there is a character in the Sarah Jane Adventures called Rani. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting the mix. Okay, I. Th- he's dusty. He's dusty. Okay. We've had we've had a month off. It's I. I've not watched classic Who or Sarah Jane Adventures. I see the word Rani, and I assume that all Doctor Who and its characters and names are all connected. There can only be one character called Steve in all of Doctor Who, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know. I understand. Yeah. Not to be mistaken with the Steve. <laughs> just a bloke in a... Sh- they're both played by the same actors, but one just like... One has an eye patch to- so that we know he's evil. <laughs> it's me, Doctor, the Steve! <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool. No, know. that is... That that is me, um, just knowing absolutely nothing about classic Doctor Who and Sarah Jane Adventures. Did you not watch Sarah Jane? Tell Adventures? someone you're a basic. No, I didn't. Tell someone you're a basic bitch Doctor Who fan without telling them you're a basic bitch Doctor Who fan. I would have just taken like, that's Doctor literally Who fan me. off that. I still think you're a basic bitch. Yeah, I am. I, I I indirectly called my girlfriend a basic bitch the other day. I felt so bad about. Her. 
How date how to? I put I put her. You? She went, oh, can you just hold my bag? And I put it on and started prancing around with it. And I went, oh, look at me, I'm such a basic bitch with this bag. And then as soon as I said it, I went, oh. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yikel Crikel. My other favourite um, Doctor Who character, ne- Michael Crikel. Michael Crichton. <laughs> what? What's Michael Crichton? What story is he from? He he, he just does a sweet. No, show. he's from. Oh, yeah. Is that... Is he like that character um, in all the David Walliams um, stories? What's that? He runs the corner shop. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, there's a character in all... I can't remember his name because I read him as a kid, but there's a character in every David Walliams children's book who runs like this corner shop that all. Like the child protagonists always go to, and his whole thing is that like he overprices his goods. Oh really? Okay, no, I haven't read any of his. Yeah, books. but he's like a friendly guy. He's kind of like a mentor figure sometimes to the kids. Ah, oh, cool. I don't know if it's something he still, does, but because my only exposure to David Valiant's books now is like the Sky One adaptations around Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. What other news do we Just have, a Harry? Sneak peek into. Okay, we there's some. This is something. Um, this is about a Marvel series, Echo, which is going to be a MCU set Disney Plus series. Uh, apparently, Jodie Whittaker is in this. Hooray! Do we know who she's playing? Uh, I don't know because it's not in the title. Jodie Whittaker wasn't in the title. Um, I understand that Charlie Cox. Um, and Vincent D'Onofrio are both returning. Who played Daredevil in the Kingpin? I want to say Daredevil. Um, yeah, he played, he played Kingpin in Daredevil and Kingpin in Hawkeye. Yeah, but I can't see. I'm scrolling through right now because I'll be honest, I didn't have time to uh, read the read any of these articles. I'm scanning through, trying to see the name Jodie Whittaker. Um, Okay, I'm gonna do a search because I just just by looking <laughs> and scanning, I cannot find the name Jodie Whittaker. Tim, Jodie Whitt- this article has nothing to do with Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> Tim, Jodie Whittaker isn't in this series. <laughs> you literally, you you usually said like Jodie Whittaker joins the MCU and give me something about a Marvel TV series, and Jodie Whittaker's not in it. What, Tim? What? What? Sorry. Tim, where did you get this from? I got it off Twitter. Is Jodie in a different Marvel series? Is Jodie not... Where did you get this from? Next, next bit of news, please. Tim, where did you... No, no, Tim, I want to understand what how you found this article and what led you to believe <laughs> that Jodie Whittaker is in it. Let me see if I can because... find it. Let me see if I can find it on Twitter. Jodie Whittaker, MCU. I swear down. Um... She's not in Echo. She's definitely not in Echo. Uh, it's, I guess it's just that one of those funny things, really, isn't it? Um, is it funny, Tim? Because I'm not laughing. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to find it. I've seen it somewhere. I don't know, Harry. We all make mistakes. We do. <laughs> I thought Rani and the Rani were the same character. You did, so we've both made boo-boos of ourselves. Yeah. We've both done big fucko boingos this week. <laughs> what else do we have, Harry? Um, 
Apparently, a longer script for a Doctor Who film starring Jones oh, Hercules we can, we can recently skip past that. That's so old now. Oh. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, is that not exciting? Is it not? I mean, you could have a read of but, it if you'd like. Is, did you, did you know his name? What? Doctor Who's Greatest Adventure. But it's from 1986. That's like oh. years after. Years after what? Well. Well, years after John Pertwee played the Doctor. Is it? Yeah. The John Doctor Pertwee. in the 80s. Yeah, 1970 to 1974 was John Pertwee. Yeah. What's this all about? Give it a read then. Let's have a listen. In Doctor Who's Greatest Adventure, a pair of doctors pitted against a swarm of cow-sized, flesh-eating crabs that emerge from the sea. Um, so I'm guessing it would have been the incumbent Doctor crossing over with John Pertwee. What's the incumbent Doctor? Um, in 1986, I'm assuming it was either um, Colin Baker or maybe it was Paul McGann by that point. Uh, okay. Uh, Alright, okay. I didn't, I, I didn't know what that word meant. Oh, like the, the the current doctor. Unless I'm using the word incumbent wrong. I don't think so. Like how at the time of recording, unless you record this like unless it releases late, um the incumbent prime minister is uh, Boris Johnson. Currently, might yeah. not be by the time it releases. I've I just, don't know. I've just found something but, here, Harry. Doctor Who Disney Plus reportedly want to add new series. Uh, Disney reported Disney Plus Disney reportedly want to further bolster its service its streaming service by adding a new Doctor Who service uh, series to its library of entertainment. Sources close to the matter we- have alleged uh, have or have uh, that Disney is in early stages of discussion with the BBC about the possibility of acquiring the streaming rights to a new series of Doctor Who. So as in, like, Shooty's era onwards would be on Disney Plus? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I don't really see the point of it, seeing as, like... Well, I guess the international broadcasting, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you live in the UK, you can watch all of Doctor Who, at least in New Who, for free on uh, iPlayer. So... We don't benefit from that. <laughs> I've just seen here where George Tennant has a text message exchange with David, and the, the, she sent David a tweet, uh, a text saying, "You're trending. Are you alive?" And David's response is, "Fuck, I think so." Well, that's a nice little look into married life, isn't it? Yeah. How's married life treating you, Harry? Yeah. Oh, you know. The other half, the old bull and chain. <laughs> it's uh, you know, you gotta get bread on the table. Gotta, gotta, gotta pay the mortgage. Yeah. Uh, gotta, gotta, um, gotta sort those insurance claims. Um, gotta, uh, gotta, uh, gotta, gotta fry the rice. Um, but it, it it's a living. Uh, what Does that else answer we, your question? Yeah, Tim? what else do we have, Harry? Uh, Shooty Gatmore has given a little sneaky peek on what the 14th Doctor's outfit could be or might be. Um, he was asked if he'll be given a say on his outfit, and Shooty told the South Bank Scouts Awards, Yeah, I will. 
We didn't give much away, but he added, it'll be exciting. Um, but that that's what we've been given. I did see a leak. It was from that Doctor Who page um, on Facebook. But I believe um, it's being rumoured that Shooty's Doctor is going to wear wellies. Yeah, that's uh, that's coming up a little later in the episode. If you want to skip to that. Where is it? It's on there. You'll, you'll know which one it's called. Oh, let me see. Uh, is it the Welly Thursdays one? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So it's uh, a local anyone... reference. <laughs> is is Welly... Oh, yeah, Welly got bought out by someone else, didn't it? It did, yeah. Yeah, so Welly, Welly Thursdays... Still... Do they still do Welly Thursdays? They do, it's where I work every Thursday. Yeah. So... Oh, it's one of those annoying articles that's got just huge photos and just tiny bits of text in between. Maybe you should sit so, closer to your laptop screen. What? Maybe you should sit closer to your laptop No, 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 it's not my fault. Literally, literally the, these photos take up like half of this photo of Tom Baker takes up the whole screen. I have to scroll <laughs> all the way through Tom Baker's head and torso to get to any kind of text. Um, You're funny. So a, a, a TV insider has said every doctor gets their own look every time they regenerate, and they always seem to have a very British edge thanks to their choices. Shooty, who's partial to an eccentric outfit himself, has recently said he's having input into the doctor's clothes, so it's not a surprise something as unconventional as wellies are in the mix. That's the quote. Oh, that's so cool. what were your thoughts on a, on a welly-bearing doctor? You know, we've had, like, normal... We've had, like, smart shoes. We've had uh, Converse. I don't think wellies are out of place. Yeah, I think no. that'd be cute. Yeah, as long as it's teamed appropriately with the rest of the outfit, you know. A pair of waders and a floppy hat and a fishing rod. I think it'll be all right. That'd be fun. Honestly, honestly, unironically, I'm a big fan of kind of functional costumes. Yeah. Like... I like the idea of the Doctor dressing just kind of for all terrain, all purpose. Like, because, you know, Doctor, he doesn't know what's going to come out that door That's why when I really they like open it up. That's why I like Eccleston's outfit so much. Yeah. It's just boots and a jacket. It works fine. Yeah. I, mean, I guess that's why so many Doctors wear a suit, because a suit has a sort of timelessness to it. Yeah, probably. You're right there, actually, yeah. What do you think he's yeah. gonna wear? I feel I feel like whatever it is, it won't be something that you would normally see Shooty wear. I yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a suit. I think there'll be some sort of formal element to it, but I don't think it's gonna be just a suit because that's just boring. And I w- don't William think Hartnell Shooty's wore a doctor suit. will be Patrick Charlton wore a suit. John Pertwee wore yeah. a variation of it. Tom Baker didn't. Peter Davison didn't, Colin Baker didn't, Sylvester didn't, Paul McGann sort of did, Chris didn't, David did, Matt did, Peter did, Jody didn't. Yeah. I feel like just suits... The, that's almost like, what, half the Doctors who wear some variation of a suit? Yeah. And I feel like it's very normalised. I mean, even though even you, when you try and find, like, found when you did a lot of YouTube videos, you'd find thumbnails of potential Doctor Who actors in a suit because you felt it made them look more doctorish. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just not do that. Let's push the envelope, you know? I feel like 
Russell's already got intent to push the envelope with Doctor Who, so let's just do it in all aspects, and let, let's find something contemporary that kind of speaks to the 2020s. Um, a pair of Crocs. Croc, yeah, but Crocs with socks. <gasps> yeah, a pair of Ugg boots. But they're odd. Ugg boots. Are Ugg boots still a thing? I feel like Ugg boots aren't as much of a thing, a thing anymore. I don't think so. I know they originate from Australia, where they're originally just slippers, and then the rest of the world went, I've got to wear these outside. <laughs> they all went, nope. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, moving on, we've got some news, sort of, about the uh, composer for Russell's era, but more so about the composer of this current era. Uh, Sagan Akinola, apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong, has confirmed his d- departure as composer for Doctor Who. Uh, Sagan was the uh, composer for all three of Chibnall's series, basically the whole Chibnall era, uh, and he had this statement. Three series, one Doctor, four companions. The last few years on Doctor Who have been an amazing... ...have been an amazing experience. I plan to stay for as long as Chris and Jodie were staying, so the next episode will be my final one. There are too many people to thank, but here are a few. Chris, Matt, Nikki, Keres, Howard, Harry, Jodie, Daryl, a Twitter handle, Alec Roberts, Goetz, Botsenhart... Olga Fitzroy. I could go on. To the fans, thank you for welcoming me so warmly. I've always been grateful for that. Can't wait to say where the story goes next. So I imagine most people, upon hearing this, um, have speculated, alright, Murray Gold's coming back. Yeah. I feel like most people, even upon the announcement of Russell returning, have assumed Murray Gold is returning. Like, I'm assuming Murray Gold is returning. I don't even think there'll be any kind of huge press release announcement about it. Because I feel like it's almost... A given at this point that Murray Gold will be returning. His sound just works for Doctor Who. He's a great composer, one of, if not the best composer in British TV, just as Russell is one of the best writers in British TV. He always works on Russell's projects, like since the 90s. He's always worked on Russell's projects. Yeah. It just makes sense for him to come back. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. I, 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 I think everybody would like him to come back as well. Yeah. All good. I'm happy with that. Yeah. But do, you, do you have any strong thoughts on Sigun Akinola, the music from it's kind been, of the Chibnall era? Um, I, I, I think like the basic rule of music is that if you notice it, uh, if you sit there going, this is a good score, it kind of means they're not doing their job right because you're paying too much attention to it and it's not bled itself well enough into the, into the show. But I oh, there's so many moments. Exactly, right. I argue oh. that with Murray's score, Murray Gold is so good that Doctor Who isn't what it is without it. Whereas the current score, I don't feel is particularly Doctor Who-y. Like, I couldn't tell you what Jodie's theme is. It kind of goes for an ethereal thing, I think, a lot of the time. At least in the early, Series 11 definitely went for a more kind of ethereal, atmospheric sound, as opposed for to, like, kind of hooks... Or anything like that. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, there wasn't, like, Yazzie's theme or anything like that, I don't think, was there? No, no. No. Especially because Murray, like, kind of gave quite distinct themes for a lot of the Doctors. I mean, 9 and 10 kind of had the same melody, 
but different arrangements. But then Matt Smith, of course, has the iconic as the Doctor theme. My volume was not ready for that. I mean, if anything, I'd say the only, like, tangible criticism I've ever heard from Murray's scoring is perhaps an overuse of the other Doctor's theme. And for all we know, that might be like a studio thing where they said, like, we need to hear this theme at least once in every episode. So every episode, Matt Smith's Doctor has an 11th Doctor moment and we hear the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And there were some episodes where it felt a bit ham-fisted, especially towards the end. Yeah. But other than that, Murray's scoring can't fault it. Perfecta Monge. Hmm. We also have a, a quote from Colin Baker from Russell T. Davis turning to, to Doctor Who. Colin Baker always has something to say about Doctor Who's goings-on, I've noticed. Yeah. Um, here's his quote. I'm going to try and do my best uh, Colin Baker impersonation. It will only be judged by the telling of the stories and the nature of the character. Having respect I do for Russell T. Davis, having recently done an audio version of his lovely script, The Hodiac, which he wrote when he was a teenager, and which was an early sign of the brilliance he would later show. Knowing Russell is doing it now, it's going to be spectacular. I can't wait. And he will have an eye for A, what is appropriate, B, for what's going to excite those of us who watch it, and C, what fits in with the zeitgeist at the time, if you like. There's a lot of pressure to be as woke as possible, and he alone will know how woke or non-woke it needs to be. So I place my trust in Russell. Good stuff. Now, I feel like, I feel like the thing that lots of people will hone in on there is the whole how the very end about wokeness. Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't really have strong feelings about this idea of wokeness as long as people feel like they're being seen... Or and no one's being offended. Yeah. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind. You know, I feel like I know. I feel like the word or phrase "woke" has almost become like a word that's been um, mishandled yeah. and been kind of appropriated by crowds who were against progressiveness and representation and have turned it into almost like this negative term, which just kind of sucks. Probably, um, probably right. But I, yeah, so it suddenly becomes like a thing of like, ooh, you can't be too woke. But I don't think that's true. And I think you know, I, 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 in sentiment, I agree with what Colin's saying in that I place my trust in Russell that he'll know how to, you know, handle this representation and make it, you know, meaningful and and feel like it's part of the show in a way that isn't, like, ham-fisted or perhaps, like, um, can't think of the word now. Um, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah. How I feel like, you know, there are certain corporations, <coughs> uh, Disney, uh, that <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of hypocrisy sometimes in how they choose to have representation. You know, like, ooh, we'll edit so-and-so film to appeal to a Chinese territory but we'll celebrate this or that in western territories um, but I feel like Russell's not a corporate creative you know, no, I feel no. like he's gonna he's gonna genuinely write and represent in a way that of what's important to him what he feels should be represented 
and he won't let that be um, censored or compromised by anyone for any reason. You, I bet, you know, in his agreement that to was come very, back to... That was a very corporate answer there, Harry. Was it? Yeah. I, I, I don't know, I just feel like um, it's important to discuss stuff like representation in a considered way. Oh, no, definitely, I do agree with you. Yeah. Do we have any more Doctor Who news, though? That's kind of more important. Um, let's see. We have something on Christopher Eccleston. Bloody hell, Christopher uh, reviewing... Eccleston. Yep, the Knife Doctor, <laughs> actor Christopher Eccleston, has he's recorded something with Big Finish Productions to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. I think it's a fact. Um... <laughs> Hello, I'm Christopher Eccleston. I'll let Rooks a really loud and wet one. In the recording studio, and they're going to use it in the 60th anniversary crossover. I, mean, I actually preview. don't know if it's a crossover or not. Well, have you. Have you... <laughs> Here's a preview. <laughs> no. Wait, I'm trying to generate the best. How did that sound? Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. Good stuff. Have you unplugged your headphones, Harry? They did unplug, and now they are plugged back in. There we go. The wind of the fart was so powerful, it blew my headphone out of the socket. (laughs) Apparently, he's recorded something for the 60th anniversary with Big Finish, in which he crosses over with David Warner, who plays plays an alternative universe knife doctor. Uh, alternative, okay. uni- alternative universe doctor, I believe. Okay, so it's it's a Doctor Who crossover, but not quite as you'd expect. <laughs> At least we're getting something we know- from Christopher Eccleston for the 60th anniversary. That's exciting. Yeah, but it's not I feel what like because we, <laughs> we know that. Yeah, we, yeah. Well, Chris has said that he doesn't like the idea of multi-doctor stories because he feels like it's gimmicky or fan service Oh, just do something with David um, Tennant so I can die happy. That's all I ask. That's all I, that's all would you I die, want. Uh, uh, would you die unhappy if we never get that crossover? It is. When it's my funeral, Harry, I want you stood there with two gravestones under your arm and not until that last piece of soil I want you looking at your watch and until they announce that episode or, podca- or spin-off or whatever... Depends if you put the gravestone that says he died happy or he died unhappy. Okay. Um, well, I mean, why do I need to wait at the funeral? Surely it has to be by the time you die because if that special is going to be by the time you point, die, actually, died yeah. unhappy. Yeah. So, when are you going to die, Tim? How long, how long do you have left? About 45 minutes. 45 minutes? So the next 45 minutes... Big finish, you need to announce it. What was it that you'll die of, Tim, if it isn't announced? Just pure... St- I've been getting really bad stomach cramps recently, so probably that. Really? Yeah, I think I've got oh. indigestion problems. Actually, I know what it is. It's because oh, I'm, I'm coming in from work, eating, and then going straight to bed. So my stomach's not having time to digest the food, so I'm waking up with, like, oh. stomach cramps. That's not good. Yeah. you got to take care of yourself. I should really, shouldn't I? Hmm. 
You really should. So um, <laughs> that uh, pretty much wraps up all the Doctor Who news we have this week. Um, what, do we want to talk about anything else, Tim? Anything else on your mind? Anything else you've seen or done Harry, that's uh, particularly uh, exciting to you? Since since we last spoke, I've watched all of Stranger Things Series 4. I've started watching James May, Our Man in Italy. I've finished watching Sex Education. I finished watching The Simpsons. I started watching Futurama. Um, I saw Brian and Charles at but the you, cinema. But you finished, you've finished watching The Simpsons, like all of it? Yes, for the second time. How, how is all of The Simpsons? All of The Simpsons is solid. They, they, wore solid. Face, they wore face masks in an episode of the last series I watched. Okay. Here's the thing, right? Series 1's okay. Series 2 to 10 is where it's really at. Then there's a lull until about the movie... The movie yeah, onwards, and it picks up after the movie. Movie onwards is good for about three or five seasons, and it goes down a bit, and then it's picking up again. All right, that's not so bad. They seem to learn. They seem to land funny jokes, and then the next series is full of the same thing, and then they don't do it again because they realise it's boring and repetitive. So like they find a good thing, they run it to the ground, and they move on to the next thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So basically, every other series oh. is hit and miss at the moment. Right. Well, have you watched any of these like weird shorts they're doing with like Billie Eilish? Or Why the don't Avengers? they just put her in an episode? That'd do better, wouldn't it? Maybe they could only afford Billie Eilish to say like five lines. Well, just spread them out through a twenty-minute episode. It can't be that hard. But they they want to do an episode about Billie Eilish, you know? They need to do the Lisa Goes Gaga of the twenty twenties. <laughs> I, I was gutted the other day because I fell asleep while I was watching it. And I slept through um, Homer meeting his brother. Oh. You as know, in the, from like the really early, from yeah, series where, one? Yeah, where he... where he. Um, oh, no, series two, wasn't it? Um, I can't remember. Brother, where are now, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the episode. Yeah. Uh, brother, where are now, is series two, episode 15. Okay. And I yes, also, too. I think I also slept through the Michael Jackson episode. No, it's we watching it on Disney Plus. Yeah. It's not on Disney Plus. Is it not? No, it's not. Have they taken it down for the obvious reason that I'm currently thinking of? Uh, yeah, it was uh, taken down in 2019. Uh, they're not gonna put it back on. I don't know. I don't know. I know, like, apparently there's a biopic in the works uh, about Michael Jackson by the same producer who made Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. So maybe after that comes out, the episode will go back up. What, are you not excited about? Well, I saw Elvis. That was good. Yeah, Elvis. I saw Elvis. Elvis was really... Have we talked about Elvis on the podcast? I talked about Elvis, didn't I? I think Austin Butler's really good. Yeah, he's amazing. I've been talking about it every week for the last three weeks on my other on- podcast. Really? I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't know. I've not... I, <laughs> I was about to say really casually I've not listened to that podcast. I feel like <laughs> that's a very harsh thing to just casually say as an aside. Thank you. Did you leave it a five-star review? Um, think I did. I think I did, yeah. Good boy, good boy. Yes, I definitely did. I definitely did. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what you said on that podcast, but I just want to say I think Austin Butler's great. Um, I think he's a better Elvis than Rami was of Freddie Mercury. And I think Rami was a really good Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know because of the time it was released with not getting Oscar buzz. And also, I don't think it's commercially doing as well as Bohemian Rhapsody did. It's currently number four in the UK box office, I think. Four Love of okay. Thunder, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Oh, no, and then, then it's Elvis, then it's Top Gun Maverick. Okay, have you seen the new Thor movie? Uh, Thor no. 4, the Thoring of 4? <laughs> uh, I got Harrison to come on my podcast and uh, review that, because I couldn't be bothered. What did Harrison so, think? Well, he texted me uh, when he came are out. Are you MCU'd out? Yeah, he texted me when, he, when he'd seen it, saying... Um, you made the right choice not going to see Thor. It was a flaming hot bag of garbage. Yeah, I've heard it's basically Ragnarok, but not as good. And I didn't really like Ragnarok anyway, so... Uh, yeah. Um, anything else that I've been doing? I've been to the beach this week. That was quite nice. Oh, the beach. Which beach? Hornsey. Hornsey? Oh. I've not been to Hornsey for ages. Um, Hugh Grant does first Comic Con with Dungeons and Dragons film. They're making a Dungeons and Dragons film in career spanning in a career spanning forty years. Hugh Grant has been a guest at almost every major film event on the planet, but this was his first time at Comic Con. We did try to come with sense and sensibility. He de- he deadpan joked to the thousands in Hall H at San Diego Comic Con, but we were turned down. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, he's in the Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> movie, which also stars Chris Pine. Chris Pine, the trailer came out Chris... yesterday. Oh, does it look any good? Looks alright. I didn't watch it, but I, I mean, saw is it like, a poster. Is it like an adaptation? Is it, an adapt- is it like a story based in the world of Dungeons and Dragons? I've or is it never about like, played the Dungeons, who make Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, and I never will, so I cannot say. I've played maybe like four or five times. Well, you say that, but I dropped out of the last campaign I did because I got bored by the battle, the dungeons. There's a lot of dungeons, not enough dragons. <laughs> Tim, what's that? Tim, is that a YouTube ad? Uh, what, what are you doing? What are you right now, I buy him a tall frosty. Hey, Mo, can you keep a secret? No. Not even a little one? No. What if I just whisper it? No, I tell you. Oh. Well, yeah. What, wait, what was, what was that for? Just a little bit of Simpsons. This is my new favourite Simpsons All right. at the moment. God said to Noah, there's gonna be a bloody floody. Rain came down, he decided to get muddy, muddy. Get those animals out on the arky, arky. Leave me alone. I see him, son. There you the, the thing is, um, that doorbell sound effect is the exact same doorbell from the start of Steam Tams. Oh, really? So I was expecting that to get. I was expecting that to. I was getting the door to open here. Well, Seymour, I made it despite your directions. And here you go. Here is Ned Flanders a few seasons later finishing the song. Hey, Homer, I've been singing your praises all day. Marge said we could have choir practice in your house tonight. Here's a preview. Got 
God said to Noah, build yourself an arky, arky animals came on by. Onesies and twosies, twosies, elephants and kangaroosies, roosies. <laughs> uh, I oh. like Ned Flanders. I'd be remiss to uh, not mention the actual reason I went to Liverpool. Oh, yeah, go on then. Because it, it, it wasn't just to uh, do a Ringo Starr voice and uh, offend the locals, which did I did you, not did, do. I, did no, I was going to say, did you do a Ringo? While I did were... not do that, no. no. I did actually visit the Cavern Club, which is very cool. How was it? I've got a story about the Cavern Club to tell you in a minute. Have, have you been to the Cavern Club? No, okay, so my girlfriend is a music student at university, very talented mm-hmm. musician. I think she's, obviously I'm going to say, I think she's great. But you're biased. Has no music knowledge. I think she's of, rubbish. Has no music knowledge <laughs> of, <laughs> of um, like. Uh, the other day, I said they should redo Summer of like as a shit joke. I said, "Do you think I should rewrite Summer of '69, but do it about the current heatwave we currently have?" And she said, "What Summer of '69?" And I had to sing Brian what? Adams's Summer of '69 to her, and she went, "Oh yeah, I know that song." Okay. So her mum went on a holiday to Liverpool and went to the cabin and got her a guitar pick from the cabin. Um, yeah. And gave it to Tony. And Tony was like, oh, cheers, thanks for the guitar pick, not knowing it was from the cabin. So when I went to go oh, see her, her, no. mum said, her mum said, have you heard of the cabin? I went, yeah, when the Beatles play. They said, exactly. It's like, even I know. <laughs> How can you not know the cabin club? It's like... Literally on its door, it says like the world's most famous club. <laughs> They've obviously never been to the Welly Club in Hull. <laughs> yeah, did the Beatles play at the Welly Club in Hull? No, but um, Pete Doherty did once. He sure is. <laughs> Who did? Pete Doherty from the Libertines. Oh, well, you know that's that's that's, that's just as good. As Don't the look back into the sun. And now you know the time has come. Do you know that Adele debuted her album 21 in the Cavern Club? Did she? That's nice of her. Yeah, she she performed the whole thing live. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. I don't like Adele. Do you not? Personally, or just the music? Bit of both. Yeah, what don't you like about her? She seems fine. They're all very depressing and... Oh, no, she's, oh, her music's depressing. Yeah. Well, it's all about like heartbreak, isn't it? Well, get it's, like, over relatable. yourself. That's her sh- get up, get up yourself. That's her shtick. We'll get a new she's had some heartbreak in her time. Put the shtick well, down you, and pick I'm, up a new shtick. She's, she's, you know, still only young. She's not had like a marriage or kids yet. She has a kid. Has she been... Did she have a kid? I'll ask her. Alexa, volume 10. Alexa, does Adele have children? Adele has one child, Angelo James Koenig. Oh! Leah? Oh! Has she done any music about her kid? I guess not. Uh, we don't know about it. <laughs> if it was, it wasn't a very good one. Hmm. Anything else oh, you want to I, say? I, that's, not, that's not the reason I went to Liverpool. The reason I went to Liverpool was not for the Cowan Club. It was to see the Book of Mormon at the Empire Theatre. How was it? It's really good. You sound... Fatigued no, sorry, I was yawning. I was just yawning. I was just yawning. I was just yawning. <laughs> I was about to say it's it's really funny. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you know about the Book of Mormon. I have zero idea. I know it's a play. 
and I know the poster is like a doorknob and a guy doing a little jump. Yes, it is a musical uh, created by Robert Lopez, who's one of the songwriters for Avenue Q and has also worked on Disney films such as Frozen. Um, and also go. written... Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that guy. And it's also written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who are the creators of South Park. And basically, it's about two Mormon missionaries who... If you don't know anything about the Church of Mormonism, when you become 19, I believe, you go uh, do two years of mission work where you kind of recruit new people to the Church of Mormonism and they go to a village in Uganda and do that. And it's, it's very crass. It's very um, unpolitically correct. It's very silly. The music is super catchy. It's The whole thing is ridiculously funny. Literally, I've never known an audience who've been just so enthusiastic after a show. Like, people were, like, cheering at certain points for, like, recurring gags in this. And, like, I wasn't even mad. Like, it was so, so good. And, like, I mean, I didn't even, like, get a good look. I, I, me and my girlfriend were high up in the stalls. In the, I know, high up in the circle, looking down. Couldn't really even make out some of their faces, but their performers were just so expressive it still felt like I was performing. It was they were performing to me all the way at the back. It was just so so good. Um, I recommend it to just anyone with a sense of humor, even if you don't like musicals. Like I'm not a fan of most modern musicals, but that doesn't matter because this is almost in a sense like an anti-musical. But even if you are into musicals, it still has everything you want for a musical. It's it's just great. Like it's. I could give this just a big recommend to anyone. It might be the best thing I've seen all year. Probably is the best thing I've seen all year. Good. Probably won't see anything better this year. It's, it's just really good. Big recommend from Hasbo over here. Did you like the reply to your tweet I left? Was it something about a, a Marvel movie? Yeah, you said I've never known an audience cheer so loudly. I said you clearly didn't see Spider-Man No Way Home opening night. I mean, no, I didn't. <laughs> I know people it. who did, though. Did they cheer? I did. I did really enjoy it. The audience? No, at Spider-Man. Your I mean, friends. Uh, yes. Yes, because he loves Tobey Maguire. Ew. What does ew mean? <laughs> uh, Harry, do you want to uh, see us out on the podcast? I'd, I'd tell people to follow our socials, but we're kind of dead. Are they? I mean, I mean, I guess that's on you, isn't it? Because you don't post on them. It, it, it is, but it's like I kind of just enjoy doing this now, just sitting around chatting, doing our yeah. little talky talks. Do a little talky talky. I was talking to someone about this podcast the other day, and I feel like it's uh, it's reached the most people it's ever going to reach. Yeah, yeah. Do you know if what I mean? he was plateaued. Yeah. yeah, we had our peak, and now we've plateaued. Now we just have kind of like a loyal following, I assume. I don't know. I mean, like when the 60th comes around and the centenary, we'll be back into action, I imagine, doing some cool stuff. Yeah. But like Every got... week there's a new episode of Doctor Who, we'll do a thing about it. You've got work, and I've got worky stuff. I'm working a lot at the moment, and I've got new job interviews coming up and stuff like that. It's all exciting. What kind of jobs, or can you not say? Ooh. Oh, uh... It's not even interesting. <laughs> oh, oh, it's not like I'll, I'll tell you, you need your jobs. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you off her. Oh, oh, okay, okay, but it's not interesting enough to make the podcast. Nah, 
Ah, uh, well, that's the way to crumble cookies. So yeah, we're on we're on Twitter and Instagram. Don't know if they're worth following. Oh, that's so I'll tell you how on the ball we are with this podcast, right? Where has this podcast how? been distributed the for the last like six months? YouTube and Spotify? Yeah, apparently, I didn't realise, it's also been uploaded to iTunes every single week we've uploaded. Oh! We've been saying it's not on iTunes anymore. Apparently it still is, so, just under a different feed. We have clips sometimes on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, but a different feed now, apparently, for ages. So that, that's uh, all from me, Harry. Is this all from you, Tim? It's all from Timothy. How do I stop recording? I don't know. I only recommend.